Now we have discovered this whole October, and it's amazing when this month is over, the year is nearly over, and uh, then we only have two months. Now what's important in this month, and for October, November, and December, is be careful with whom you associate with, and your spiritual alignment. You must align, if anybody wants direction, who discover we still make mistakes? Ah, oh, thank you for three. The other ones is going to pray for us. And uh, now if you want direction, you need correction. And we don't like correction because we are programmed a certain way. And, and I, I said to certain ministers this week, I said, one thing that I have to learn, and I've learned that, I had to detox from a lot of stuff that I knew. They can drop me on any island on the place of the world. I'll have people that I can minister to because I'm not limited to a building and a pulpit and a sound thing. I said, uh, but it doesn't say that I know it all. I had to detox when the revival happened and then when we start with making disciples because I know how to do church. We all know how to do church. And if somebody touched that nerve outside your way of doing church, we say, they're not right. We're not going to do it. Uh, we're not going to. No, 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 I've learned. I had to. Now, you know, I've got a PhD. And PhD, I discovered years ago, means permanent head damage or part-time head damage. So I had to let go of all the theory because what's on paper doesn't always work practical. Have you seen the bank and these big bank people here? And they, they say, okay, you need to give a performer thing and a project thing and uh, all the figures you put up. It's not always it's, it's going to happen. Opa had me driving from place to place one time when he wants to farm with bees. I went to Atlantis and then we had to get a spinning wheel and then we had to get more bees and then uh, then Opa's going to make so much money and then the next thing that he started with was with, what's this? Uh, spring onion, 65 rand a kilo. And he figured it out and Opa's last adventure was hamburgers. He's going to sell two hamburgers a day by 40 rand, and it's going to be 8,000 rand a day. He said, think about that. Seven days a week, make 8,000. And then the people that went to sell the hamburgers for him, sell it for 15 rand. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> now, you see, this is how we work and how we operate. But our life, and we are speaking about the subject, about... Building a life of commitment. Your commitment in this life, family, listen, uh, is what unlocks the purpose you are on the face of the earth. You cannot just exist. A lot of people just exist. A lot of people are in survival mode. A lot of people feel they're successful uh, outside. It's easy to tell people and to show but it's what you are inside. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Ever ready on the outside, never ready on the inside. That's the ever ready batteries. And you see, while God has a design plan, because what God has designed us for 
is so unique. Creation is waiting. Romans chapter number 8. And maybe we can page quickly there. And in Romans chapter 8. And let me just take that. That's okay. Romans chapter 8 verse 18. And it says. But what of that? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this present life, are not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. Say, to us and in us. See, we, we forget God. Everything God wants to do, He wants to do it through you. Say, through me. Because we all wait God to do it for us, while he already did it for us, he's waiting for you that it will happen through us, he says, and for us and conferred on us. And verse number 19, this is the powerful scripture for even the whole creation, the whole creation, the whole creation, all nature waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons. Now that's the amplified translation. The other translation says, for the true children of God. Creation is waiting. The world is waiting on you. They don't wait for the Antichrist. They don't understand it. <laughs> you say 666 and Mark, of, they think, are you? You know? And with all the stories that you hear with COVID and vaccine and not vaccine and all the, listen, he says creation is waiting. Is in desperate waiting. Uh, the Afrikaans word is more powerful. It's an avachten. It's an high expecting. To, for God's people, God's sons, daughters to be made known. Waits for the revealing. The disclosing of their sonship. Then in verse number 11, it says 14, 14. And it tells us who are they. It says, now it tells us who are those sons and daughters. For all who are led by money, by opportunity, by schemes, <laughs> but to be famous. Come on, no. It says, for all who are led by the holy flesh, by emotions. No, can I tell you a secret and you promise not to gossip? I didn't want to be in Cryfontaine. I hated this town. And here I am 42 years. That was years ago. Now I love everything. He says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are, are what? So will you agree with me, according to Romans chapter 8, it's not everybody. It's only those who are led by the Holy Spirit. Now, that's why we are speaking. Now, last week we, we touched all the previous weeks and we use the theme scripture out of 2 Chronicles chapter number 16 verse 9. And it says this, uh, out of the... NIV, the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. So God is watching. He's aware. He's aware you're here, and he's also aware of those that love 
the pillows and the duvets. <laughs> he says, the eyes of the Lord are arranged throughout the earth to do what? To strengthen those whose hearts are partially. Do you see the word fully there? Now, if the Bible means full, what does it mean? Full. Whose hearts are fully committed to him. Oh, my word. Whose hearts are fully. Now, the fact that Scripture can use the word fully, there's a possibility that I can just give a portion of my life or partial of my life that I can maybe commit my life to the Lord. And I explained it last week. It's like a, a pie. And I have all these slices. You know, this is my money slice. And this is my marriage slice. And this is my business slice. And this is my time slice. And then we give Jesus a small slice there and say, that's your slice. He said, no, I'm not in the slice business. It's either everything or nothing. Because here, with this whole pie that you cut up in sizes, I am not the center. You were created by me, for me. That's God. You were created by God for God. That's why I cannot go through life just existing. Built my life on character and on my personality and on my giftings. I was thinking, uh, somebody was on the radio this week. And, uh, and you know, if you try to be a spiritual magician to get crowds, every week you need to pluck out another rabbit out of the hat. You have to have a new trick. And later on, the tricks doesn't work anymore. Because I can manipulate you with a prophetic word. I can manipulate you with the anointing. I can manipulate you. But, but that's not what God wants. Because God wants you to walk with a fully committed heart to the Lord. And say, my God, I have given myself to you. And I am no longer live. What I live in the flesh is not for myself. I live it for your kingdom. And then we have discovered there was a, a price of the commitment and the price is what Jesus said in Luke 14, 26. If you want to be my follower, you must love me more, more than your car, your business, your own time, your money, your fame, your name, <laughs> and your family. Because your natural family is going to die. For the past year, we had how many people in our family? One, two, three. Uh, three people that passed on. You see, he says, you need to love me more than anything. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brother and sisters. Yes, more than your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. It speaks about commitment. Now, we hate commitments because nobody, uh, one person said, I cannot commit to the church. I said, but you commit to the bank. You bought a car and you signed the paper that you, for the next 70 months, you committed. You're going to pay an installment of 10,000 rand a month. He said, is that commitment? I said, yeah. God's not going to pay that bill. You drive the car. I said, if you are fully committed, then God can. 
I said, we don't want to commit. You, you don't get married and say, okay, we're married, we're going on honeymoon, and after honeymoon, I'll see you next year again. Who wants to have marriage like that? Nobody. Nobody. You, you look at your children and say, I'm committed to be your father. I made you, and God made you, and your mama made you, but now you're on your own. I'll see daddy see you uh, when you're 21, okay? See, we do these crazy things. People do it. They don't want to be committed to nothing. And God works with commitment. God let the sun go up every morning on the just and the unjust. Now think if God was dear Makar. What will our lives be? Think if the, 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 the globe with Swartekrach, um, what do we say? Gravity. If God said, let's make fun of them, let's take the gravity off, then we all walk on our heads and we... No. No, God is responsible. And he wants you to be responsible because he paid the highest price that anybody can pray. And that's why, and, and then we have discovered, I give my, Christ, my life to Jesus, to Christ. And how do I develop the... You need to develop the muscle. The muscle. There's a bodybuilder. There's a Western Province rugby player. And when Pastor uh, Beverly is here, her two sons, one plays for the Pumas, and I don't want the other one play for some box elf or whatever. But they professional. They all, I don't know all these names. They professional rugby players. And uh, people, this is the key word, because I cannot do it my way. We love things our way. And uh, the, the problem is that our life is so full of stuff. Oh, my word. I made a joke in the 8 o'clock service. I'll say I'm going to America. And some people were at the door to greet me to go this morning. <laughs> this is how we live. This is how we live. Nobody see it. Uh, you say, my arms is, no, your life is so full. And uh, we carry this. I actually let them do the balloon thing, but then I need help. And uh, so I found this. Now, you never know all the baggage we carry in life. And when it comes to commitment, you say, I cannot do it. But living like this takes you nowhere. It burdensome. It's difficult. Help me, somebody. It's very hard because now I need to perform all the time and I am afraid to let go. And you'll be amazed what we carry in life not to commit because we make God the one. You are a Sunday experience. No, God said, no, I, I don't know about you. I need God every day of my life. I have to trust him every day for miracles and healing and stuff. And, and uh, we deal with the heartaches and pain of life. And then this morning I start unpacking the, 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 the luggage. It didn't look like this. I should have. And then I pull out this thing. How do you know what is this? This is one of those belts. You go to Verimark. And uh, I bought, I have a few of them, one, two, three. And uh, the boy selling it is as skinny as an Ethiopian locust. And I said, boy, 
Does this thing work? He said, of course, sir. Look at my body. And I thought, ek sal my voortanne gee om soos jy te like. He's skinny. And he said, this work, I guarantee it. He said, I look like this because I put it every day on. I said, what does it cost? He said, 1,200. But this was not invented many years ago. So later on, I walked there, I said, and I looked at his picture that he carries here. And I could see the picture here and the face here. There's at least 10, 15 years difference. And I said, son, how long do you work for very mark? He said, 10 years. I said, ah, now it's a sales gimmick. You convinced me to buy something. He said, sir, think you can eat chocolate and you can drink milkshake. And you can just eat what you like. If you put this belt on, I guarantee you, you're going to look like this. Then I said, you are a liar. But I already bought it. I said, 10 years ago, this didn't exist. You were born skinny. You see, we carry so much stuff and uh, our lives are so impacted with situations and now God wants to do I even had an empty shoebox in here this is truly some of my American stuff that I and, and you we, we travel stuff with stuff of no value empty we, 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 we walk and now God gives us an opportunity but because I am so loaded with all of my junk God said I want you to be that son and daughter that creation is waiting on. And now I don't respond because as God give it, I cannot receive it because all this will quench. And I'll show you how this morning what you have because you are vital important for what God is doing right now on the face of the earth. So I must develop my spiritual muscles. It must become a habit in my life. Now, now uh, we all people have habits. They say if you can do something for 40 days. And whoever went on diets, the first three days is like. Then a parcel arrive here with an arrow slab. Turkish delight and uh, all kinds of stuff. They didn't give it three days ago. It came when you decide, I'm going to do something. That first three days, you see visions. You see, you see stuff that you haven't seen with your natural eye. You, you, you walk and a cream cake comes here, walks like a behind you. Or a custard slice comes like a snake after you. Say, eat me, eat me, eat me. Come on. You see, the same with our spiritual habits. You need to be a person of habit. 
Because we are doing habits. You brush your teeth, you wash your face, you go to the bathroom. You cannot tell your stomach and say, hey, wait for the next two weeks before I take you to the bathroom. You don't do that. You respond immediately. It's like a second nature. Now, this is what God wants. How do I develop that spiritual muscles so that I can be the testimony, the only letter that the word will, the world can read? Because if the world cannot see Jesus in us, there's a big question mark. You see, Christianity is not about God. It's with God. A lot of people say, well, I was born a Christian. Me too. Since I opened my eyes, I was a Christian. Since I opened my eyes, I went to church. But until 1969, I discovered when I went to this Pentecostal meeting. And I told you, the pastor didn't have teeth and he kissed everybody. And I thought, oh, Jesus. And it's like a green, clean vacuum machine. It's like, and you know, a little boy of 13 and 40, you, you don't want it. And the wife had a mustache. Black hair grew out here long. And she's got that eyes that looks like a cat right through you with the bun. When they were singing and, and speaking in tongues and I were teasing them because my personality was very, uh, when the Joy magazine did a write-up about our story after I raised my sister from the dead and what happened at LWPC, they said he, we would either describe him as a comedian than a preacher. I said, don't worry. My mother also laughed when I was born. My father was carrying the carry cot. Now, we, I was born in Zambia, and that was under British rule, in northern Rhodesia. And, and my mother came with a train, and uh, that's 1956. And so Opa came. Now, he's from the farm, you know. And they came to pick up mother. And so he, he's, he's got the everything there, and he walks with a carry cot and swing it. And he said, Sissy, where's the baby? She said, the one that you are swinging, if, he's not, if you don't stop, he's going to fall out of that thing. And my hair looked like a mango. They called me a mango pup when I was a baby. I was ugly. So when somebody see me, they cry. I said, don't worry, my mother first cried also when I was born. And then she laughed. You see, people, this is the, the, the key word of life. I need to build myself up because that I can be that giant, what God designed me for. And what we say is uh, just to touch, because we're getting in this morning, we're going to speak about the pitfalls of commitment. And what we saw last week is my, the power of my commitment show my values. It shapes my life. It determines my destiny, where I'm going to end. And it also uh, helps me to put God first when I make any decision. I tried to run away from this church. I've, I resigned more years ago from this church than anything else. We were a little bitty people. And then every Sunday night, I'm done. Took a calling to Mariental AFM. 
And then the Lord arrested me in the foyer of the church. <laughs> and then I thought in 2012, we're going to move to America, lock, stock, and barrel. Because after that year, man, we went through hell and back. And, uh, and then the revival hit. And one Sunday night, I was so fed up with the church. Now, I know you've never been there. And with the pastor, that's not myself. And uh, <laughs> I resigned. And here the phone rings. Prophet, out of Zerist, he said, you know, we don't talk a lot on the phone, but thus saith the Lord, pack out your bags. You will be nowhere else except where I've placed you. In Cryfontaine. And I thought, dear Jesus, so here I am, 42 years. But I realize now, if I took the decisions by myself, I would never be where we are today. And I would never know you, phenomenal people. Because the mission is to unlock the greatness that's inside of you. Now, now this is the thing. Because today, uh, we want to share this because we have to go through the process to progress. You cannot keep on looking in the rearview mirror and think you're driving forward. I scratch the A8 this week. Oh my word, I was so upset with myself. It's got cameras and everything around and the mechanic was parking at the back and I had to get in the. And here, uh, the next moment, I heard the alarms went off and I scratched the car. I said, stupid, 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 stupid. Why don't you look just in the camera? You cannot look in the rear view mirror and you want to drive forward. And this is what we do with our lives. That's why we have so much luggage and so much stuff. And we try all these gimmicks that doesn't work. I found a tea. Loo tea. And they, they promote it. If you drink this tea at night, we guarantee you will be skinny tomorrow. Especially your belly. And then I Google, where do they sell it? Okay, Discam and Clicks, and then uh, what's the other things? And then I asked Kevin. I said, Kevin, do you know this tea? He said, I know where you're going. Before you go there, it's not working. It's not going to make you skinny. It's a hoax. I said, are you prophesying out of the pit of hell now, or where are you talking from? I say, they say, he said, it's not a proven fact. So we get caught up in all kinds of stuff. Help me somebody in this building. We should have been light years ahead where we are right now. Now, because of this keywords, how do I develop the first thought in the morning, the first day of the week, the first portion of my finances? And I make every decision, I make it with God. Now, if you said you are spirit-led, you not can be spooky. Somebody told me last week a thing about what God told them this week. A gentleman. And then he said, you must know, I have a telephone 
on God's desk. He said, I speak and God answer. I said, wow. I said, can you lay hands on me? He said, everything I do is by the Spirit. And then I let the person go on and, he, and then I said, oh Jesus, no, I don't want you to lay hands on me. You see, it's, 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 it's a, 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 a development of your spirit man. Because what you need to discover, it's time to take your life out of neutral. Now this is classic what I'm going to share. And it went viral. And it happened in Joburg. This gentleman went and buy a BMW automatic sport. So we went to fetch, you know, if you come there, the car is parked and it's got the ribbon on and you can just drive out of the door. The next day he phoned the radio. He said, this is the most rubbish car I've ever seen. He said, this thing only drives daytime. Now, the, the person on the other side try now and get the joke out. And I said, what do you mean? This car doesn't drive at night. He said, and uh, I had a big accident this morning. Why? I put it in racing. And instead of the car going forward, it went backwards. And I bumped the car at the back. This is a lot of damage. The lady said, now, help me. How do you mean it only drives day, not night, and it's got a racing? He said, I put it in D. It's for daytime. He said, it was night. I put it in N. The only thing the car does, it revs the engine. He said, and of course, now I was at the robot, and there was a car souping me up, and I put it in racing. He said, and... See, there's no medicine for stupidity. And this is sometimes how we are. We, 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 we want that automatic thing. But your D is not going to work, and your N is not going to work, and your R is not going to work. You need to know what the owner's manual are saying about your life. Now, what is the pitfalls? Because I need to get my life out of neutral. Neutral means I just go through the emotions and do things and kumbaya and God wants you to get your life out of neutral. You're valuable. Heaven believes in you. He believes you can. You're the chosen one. Ephesians chapter 1. And I quote on the scripture continually. You're handpicked by God. You're ordained by God. God called you. Not a church. Not a preacher. No, he put the preacher there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You are called to be a mover and a shaker and turn the world upside down. But it doesn't, it's not going to happen while I'm just sitting, I need to come out of traction into action. Help me, somebody. Because if you don't do something about it, Jesus' whole message was, do something. God, you're going to do it. God said, I want to do it through you. That's why I've bought you. You were created by me, for me. 
You were created for an assignment in your life. That's why the, to be a, a postman and a police and a professor and a doctor and a motor mechanic and a banker and a preacher and whatever we are is not enough. That's not your full-time calling. Your full-time calling is to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them and teach them. That's your assignment to love God and love people. And you cannot say, I love you, Lord. I hate you. God said, no, no, no. I watch how you love people. Then I know how you love me. How can you say you hate? Now we all have, is there anybody that doesn't have somebody that you sometimes feel dear? Is there anybody that got somebody like that? Oh, Thank you, Jesus, I'm delivered. The truth set me free. The truth just set me free. We had a musician years ago, my word. If he's angry with me, he will play that years we were singing when we all when we all get to heaven. And you know, we Pentecostal. Then he sings it in slow motion. When we all, when we all, and then he showed me. The sound man messed up. He took the microphone while the music, there in Big Lofta. Oh, and now you must know if he sings the slow, the fast one slow, then the slow ones is more than slow. One night I was praying. I said, God, please make a plan or I'm going to make one. If you don't make a plan with this man, I said, God, 25 years in prison is going to be very long for me. Because I want to help you, Lord, and the devil to get rid of him. I know you've never prayed this prayer. Now, this goes viral all over the world, what I'm saying. And while I prayed, I heard the voice of God. Do you think I love you more than him? Wow. I said, I hope so. I didn't say that. I said, no, Lord. He said, stop your nonsense. I want God to tell him to stop his nonsense. And believe me, it was not long. Boom. One day he said, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm gone. That's the first time when I went and said, I put my face, I said, are you serious? But here inside I said, yes, yes. Why did you take so long to answer my prayer? I know you never had that. See, there's pitfalls in, pitfalls in commitment. Today, you only have three options. Every person, every morning that you woke up, you only have three options. Three options that you make about your life. Life is made out of choices. Who know it was a choice you made to come this morning?
It's a choice to go to work tomorrow morning. But you know, it's not a choice. We don't make choices to eat. After the service, we said, you just walk and say, it's a choice. Three choices. Let me get serious. <laughs> Help me. You have three options in your life to make the right choices. Number one, you can waste it on pursue pursuits that doesn't matter. Who have discovered you did things and it has no value? Our, our, in the kitchen, there's a cupboard with all kinds of, I have the most expensive diet tablets. Fat burners. Uh, car blockers. Then if you scratch further, there's some other diet tablets. You spent, I have spent in my life, how at a time I was big, you know, was by a daedlik, sigbar. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be like that. When, when the skinny ones are dead, then we're going to walk in streamlines and do this. But it has no value. Because it doesn't work there in a bottle. It doesn't work. And, and a, a lady phoned me. She said, I've got the tablets. And I went there and I said, if I drink half of the bottle tonight... Would I be skinny tomorrow? She said, you would not get up from the white throne. Now, you, would, you don't know what the white throne is. She said, you will have great accidents. You will not be able to cough or sneeze for the whole night. I didn't say any bad things. We, we have, when we unpacked and uh, when Opa died and we unpack there in one of the closets, there's stuff there, vases out of 1,609. It's worth a fortune. We have one of these coffee kettles. There was only 90 made in the world, and it was made in the early 1900s, and I think we've got number 40-something. It's worth... But I was thinking, and I saw it there, and then Danzel and them packed it, and, and it's there in the house, and I think the other day, it actually, my mother was so overprotective over this, but it didn't bring joy. She was more afraid somebody will steal it. One time, my sister and myself went to Joburg. My mother was sick, and my sister thought my mother's going to die, and she packed all the valuables in. So I left her there, came back, and my mother came because she fell, and my mother came better and she said, I miss that and that and that. Do you have it? I said, Mother, you know, I don't take anything from nobody. She said, will you go to your sister's house and see if she's got it? Of course she had it. Then my sister said, I'll keep it till I die. Then you can have it. She said, no, I don't want it. You see, it had no value. In money value, it can be, maybe be something. But it doesn't contribute to make life easier. And that's what we do in this life. Because family, my word, God needs to help us. We, we waste time. 
The second option you have is you spend it to make a name for yourself. Somebody asked me last week, what are you at Loftal? I said, I'm the janitor. I'm the cleaner. Doesn't matter who I am. <laughs> then one of the pastors said, no, no, Eli is the senior pastor. Now, if they push that word senior out, it sounds very popular, you know. That's why people have all these titles. I'm the chief apostle. Uh, I, I preach in a church. The, 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 the minister's titles are longer than the building. Prelude. Prelude. Chief apostle. Doctor. Uh, what's the next thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bishop. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He preached one time for us. He's got shoes that likes like two kayaks on his feet when he walks. You know, this size. And uh, then he's prophet. And I thought, my Jesus. So they, now what I hate, if you know about me, I don't need to be important. I don't need to eat out of a special plate and have a Royal Albert tea. We had that and we just gave it that they can sell it. But I, I don't need to. I don't need bodyguards. I don't need a red carpet. I don't need to sit in a special seat. I don't need nobody to celebrate. I, I don't, that's not me. Uh, that's not me. And uh, so they rushed me there in a building with golden crystal glasses and stuff and golden forks and knives. And so I thought, my Jesus, this must be a humongous church if they have all this. Now, you know, after we ate there and I said, okay, I want to go in. And then people with flea collars. With white gloves. It's God's truth. Stop me. Said nobody walks in front of the prelude. Okay. Here we are again. So when prelude walks. And we all follow. When they opened the sanctuary's door. There was 15 people. He had a rope on. It looks like Count Richelieu. Of the three musketeers. And I sat there. And everybody stood up. And nobody can sit before. He said. I, I preach in another church. They have a paper doll of, of the pastor. As high as this building. And I, you know. I, I don't have time for. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. We have famous people here. There's famous people in this building. People that played in movies. And people that. You know, there's, there's famous people here. But you will never see. Dr. Pete Kurnoff was a member of this church until he died. And he always said, he called me Domini because I was so gefrek. He said, Domini, what I like about you. He said, you never put me on a pedestal. You let me blend in. You never made a fuss out of me. He was, while he was acting president and ambassador to Washington, D.C., they came to Lofdal meetings. He sat in our uh, living room at Hill Street 110 and eat Kentucky fried chicken streetwise stew out of a box with me. He preached for us years ago a donkey 
with a donkey message. That's where you hear on the donkey that Jesus can ride on. When he was the ambassador and then at a time the acting president. And you know what's a streetwise two chicken. Two chicken was walking over the street and a truck hit them. Boom. Streetwise two. You see, one of three things. You either try to pursue things that's un not worthy. I've seen it. You gather, you hide that handkerchiefs that your great-grandmother had between the mothballs. You're going to die. Your husband's going to marry a young one and she's going to blow her noses with it. So rather use it right now. Use it right now. No value. I've got a diamond ring there, a half a carrot that would belong to Omar and it's about 55 years old. And when I evaluate it, I think, what for? This is the key word in our lives because, but the third thing that you can do is you can invest your life in ways that will bring glory to God for the future generation. That's what God wants you to do. Otherwise, you do it, you build your life on things that's got no eternal value. You waste your time to build up a good name. Uh, people will gossip off you anyhow. Uh, come on. Everybody celebrate Michael Jackson until he made a mistake or whatever he did and until he took an overdose. And I can do the moonwalk. But that doesn't help people. You will be known for one of two things in this life. The problems you solve or the problems you create. That's all what you people will know you for. Now the first pitfall of a commitment because true disciples are committed people invest their lives so that for things that will outlast them. I have heroes that died of the gospel. They long ago not here anymore but I can speak highly of them of the impact they had on my life. You see, and everything starts with commitment. Commitment. You cannot date a guy or a girl and say, I want to do it part-time. I have five others. I'll put your name in the hat. When I pull your, your name that night out, I'm going to visit. Nobody wants that. Come on, people. You say, well, the boss says, I'm going to make you the, the big manager of this company. And you say, sir, I'm so grateful. And they tell you the salary. And you say, sir, there's just one thing that you must need to know about me. I sleep late. I come to work when I feel like it. And I go home early. And when I take a vacation, I take it. I don't care. What will the CEO of the company say? Foot sex so fluffy. He's not going to say, you're the man that I'm looking for. Oh, my word, you God's dream, you God's gift to me. No, this is how people live with God. It's a sightline thing. Now, the pitfalls, let me finish. The pitfall, number one, is that we, uh, we get distracted. Jesus said it in Mark chapter 4, 19, and he spoke about the parable of the sower. Now, one thing Jesus said, if you don't know this parable, you know nothing about the Bible. 
Satan is after the word of God over your life. You carry a word. You are anointed. You, you, God see you as the chosen vessel. He know you have a word in you. you. He know you have a word on you. And Satan is uh, he's not after your health and your money and your, your, your weak and your false teeth and your car and your marriage. And He will use that avenue to get to that thing. The word. Revelation says, and God gave him a name that's above all the names. His name is the word. He says, now, Satan comes when to steal the word immediately. And then he comes through different stages. And this is the worst stage. If he doesn't succeed by immediately, then he, the, he, the cares and the anxieties, COVID-19 and lockdown and fear and finances of the world. Of the what? We just sang, let thy kingdom come. So he comes with the cares and the anxieties of the world and distractions of the age. There's so many teachings going on now. It's horrific. Turn back to the basics. Pastor Johan Greiling that stayed with us for five years now, his great-grandson commit suicide. His funeral service was last week. Hanged himself. 26 years of age. The cares of the world. The cares. You worry. And if you don't worry, you wonder why don't you worry. Help me. He says he comes with the cares of the world and distractions of this age. So distraction is a pitfall of Satan. He says, and the pleasure and the delight and the false glamour. False glamour. Oh, we have a prophetic night. Come, everybody, everybody's going to get a word. If you give me 150 rand, you give you a supreme word. If you just want a normal word, 75. You'll, you'll, that's how people do it right now. I can show you right now. That's how they do it in America and here in Africa. You, you, you'll be shocked. The false glamour and deceitfulness of riches. People say, I want to make money. I don't care what I'm going to do. Uh, it's good. God wants you blessed. God wants you to be an end-time financier. God wants you to take care of the harvest. But don't let it take your relationship away with God. God said, if I am not first, any other thing that takes my position becomes an idol. And I instruct that you can serve not Two masters. That's why commitment. He says, and the craving and the passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the what? The word. Satan, he doesn't want you to hear a pure word. He doesn't want you to get in the word. He doesn't want you to apply the word. He's after the word because God prophesied it's the seed, the word that's going to crush his head. And Satan is aware that you are a carrier of the word and of his power. Then for the other things, creep, choke and suffocate the word. And it becomes what? How many of you know a Christian that's fruitless? They say they serve Jesus, but you see no fruit. 
It becomes fruitless. Why? Not because the person is bad. Because Satan got hold of the very most important thing by doing the word. By word, Romans chapter 5 says, the previous things that was written was written for our instruction right now. So he comes with the spitfall and because he doesn't want you to be focused, he wants you to get distracted. And what Jesus said there, he, he mentioned a few things. He didn't say anything bad in the list. <laughs> what he lists there is anything that's really wicked. No. There's nothing wrong with wealth. He didn't say it's wealth. He didn't say it's significance. He didn't say it's nice things. He didn't say it's complete health. He said he comes with the attraction of the world, the delights of the wealth, the search for success, and the lure of nice things come in and crowd out God. Crowd out God, says this translation. He didn't put you on the face of the earth just to be wealthy and a success and a significant and everybody celebrates you. He put you on the face of the earth so that you can make a difference. Say make a difference. The second thing. And before I move to that, can I give you godly advice? Don't let good things get in the way of the best. Don't let good things get in the way of the best. If you're not happy on the inside, no person can make you happy. If you don't have peace on the inside with God, not another church, not another preacher, not another prophet, not another prophetic word. I preach in this church. I was the youngest person in this church in America. And you know, sometimes I prophesy and give a word and whatever. And after we finish, the pastor said, you have more for me. Give it, boy. Give it, give it, give it, give it, give it. I said, if I have to say, thus say of the Lord, then I must say, thus say of the holy flesh now, because what will come out of my mouth will not be God. You see, don't let good things get in the way of the best what God has in store. The second pitfall of your journey to get you not to a place of commitment is we become complacent. Who of you have discovered you must brush your teeth every day? Did you discover that? Who discovered you must comb your hair every day? And for those who doesn't have hair, you are phenomenal because hair doesn't grow on brains. You need to wash, you need to go to the bathroom, you need to eat and drink every day. Who of you discover you have to do things every day and some of them you don't like? This is the thing, we become complacent. Because complacency is, uh, what happens when we become complacent is, we start living off of 30, 50, 60 years ago when we made a commitment. And complacency is I replace God's values for things of no eternal value. If a farmer wants to produce great in 2021, 
Can you see him walk with oxen and a plow? No. They've got modern technology. He said, well, I don't believe in electricity. I don't believe in tractors. I don't believe in this. Do you think he's going to make a great impact in this nation or in any nation? No. There's certain things that we must reconsider because creation is waiting on you, on the true sons and daughters of God who will be led by the Spirit. Now let me just land and give it and let's go home. Hallelujah. Say, oh, thank you. There's a God in heaven. He just heard my prayer. I said, stop, 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 stop. Listen. If you become complacent in the level where you are right now, you're going to stagnate and you'll never grow to full maturity. Because the commitments we made in the past has been outdated. We need to refresh them. That's why people renew their vows. Your husband, if he didn't tell you this week he loves you, take your Bible, roll it, and say, you either say it right now or, if you say or, say or nothing. You continually tell your children, your family, your people, because we cannot be stuck. And there's a story in the Bible, and I'm closing, musicians can come. And the story is, the Hebrew children with Joshua conquered Jericho. A mighty fortress, a mighty city. Then there's a few guys that said, okay, Joshua, we conquered. Ai is a smaller town. Don't take all the people. Don't tire them. He tries to tamper on God's way of doing and not to be committed to God's instruction to say, this is how you're going to do it, to conquer cities and kings. So here they went a handful to Ai. And the next moment, the people of Ai conquered them, and they defeated. Now Joshua and all the leaders are on their faces and say, God, did you forsake us? Where were you? You told us. And the Lord said, get up from your face. You went into a place of complacent. You tried to change my way of doing. Because you see, God's got only one way and he already pre-planned the road that you and I have to walk. If somebody can put on Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 and Amplified Classic will be a great translation for that. And uh, here suddenly Joshua had a midlife crisis. And now they are in big trouble. And the Lord said, this is not time to pray now. This is time to get off your face. You have missed the mark. Because instead of moving forward, you moved backwards. And the Bible says Achan took three things. A Babylonian dress for his wife. Shekels of silver worth about 500 US dollars. And a bar of gold worth $200. He hid that. But they found him out. Complacency will you let you operate 
in a natural in the senses and not by what God wants to do and people we are in the most precious time of harvest God wants to save your family he, he wants to save your neighbors he wants to save cities and nations and the vehicles he wants to use is you and me now listen what that scripture says for we are God's own handiwork turn to somebody and say you're God's masterpiece said he made us different but you're his masterpiece we are his workmanship recreated that means born anew you must be born again he says so that we may do why so that we may do those good works which God what's the next word predestined planned before and for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time God didn't get up and when it's morning no God doesn't sleep then he said okay this is what I've planned for you for today no he already worked out every detail of your life every step of the way you didn't took him by surprise by sitting in this building this morning and God said oh my word Gabriel what's your name Carla's there this morning. God didn't. He knew everything. You know, God is all known. He prepared ahead of time. Why? So that I can stare at it. So that I can think about that. So that I can sleep and drink and ask for signs and wonders about that. No! So that we should walk in them living living, living if you are breathing you are living, we not only live on Sunday mornings or maybe a Friday, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live, please put on Ephesians chapter 3.20 and then we just finish, he said Ephesians 3.20 now listen what it says we wait for God. God said, I'm waiting on you. Turn to somebody say, God is waiting for you. God is waiting. The vision God gave me for this church years ago. Since a word proceeds out of the mouth of God until the manifestation of that word is no longer God's responsibility. God said it, that settles it. And it's forever stone. It's now my responsibility. Here he told the Hebrew children, they're going to conquer every city. And now they're angry with God because they tampered on God's way. He says, now to him, by in consequence of the action of his power, the action of his power, that is at work, where? Do you know you have power within you? God's power work in you. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is in you. Say so it's at work within us. That power is able to carry out his purpose. What power? The power of God working in you. So God already deposited in you. Now it's for me to line up to say, here am I. I'm going to do it, God. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to act. He said, you will lay your hands on the sick. You say, I want the opportunity that they can make an altar call, that I can be on a poster. No, found somebody that's sick this morning in this building and lay your hands on them and God will heal them. 
If somebody looks dead next to you, say, oh, I have a word, I have a word, I have a word. I will lay my hands on the dead and God will raise them up. Hallelujah. He says, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes of dreams. The pitfalls, you get distracted through hurt, pain, difficult, through how your mind was programmed, you become complacent. And then we're not open for change and we say, uh, anybody with a tombstone inscription on his spiritual life is this words. We haven't done it this way before. God is the God of change. And listen, family, the reward. Can I give you the reward? There's a great reward when you are fully committed to the Lord. The Bible says in Matthew 6.31, don't worry. Do not worry saying, what shall we eat or drink or wear? Your heavenly Father knows that you were, you need these things. But first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then all these other things will be given to you as well. God first. Say God first. First in the morning. First day of the week. First portion of my finances. And I give God everything to make. That I make base my decisions with Him. Matthew chapter 25, 23, NIV. The master will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Come and share. God wants to be happy about you. Happy. The last one, Romans 6, 13, B section. Give yourself completely to God. How must I give myself to God? Say completely. Not partial, not as I, no, no, uh, completely to God. Every part of you. You want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for His good purpose. You are the tool. Say, I am the tool that God wants to use for His good purpose. Every person this morning in this building that say, uh, it took us to Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane. Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass me by. But not my will, your will be done. And then Jesus started praying more. Who in this building this morning say, God, I can identify with distractions and complacency because he gave you a gift, a talent, a potential. Greatness comes through serving and use your gift for each others. Use the gift God gave you. It's God never called you for you. You cannot make it on your own. When he created Adam, he said, oh, no, no, I work in teams. When he made, he said, Let's, let us make him Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's God. That's God. And God called you to be part of a family to say we're going to impact the world, change the world. And it starts with a simple word. Your will, not my will. I commit myself to be a tool in the hands of God so that I can walk the way He wants me to walk. 
live the life He wants me to live and do the works He wants me to do and greater works. And if you're that person, will you stand? We're going to do something that we didn't do in this whole time with COVID. If you, it's you, stand with me. Maybe you don't know Jesus this morning. And you say, Gustav, I need Jesus. I cannot be religious. I've just heard and see the scripture. I need to be born anew. I want to be born again by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. If you don't know Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity this morning to pray a prayer and to say, Jesus, forgive me my sin, wash me in the blood and cleanse me. So I will serve you from this day on and for the rest of my life. If you've prayed that prayer, I want you to do something. Move to somebody and don't worry, you're not going to get COVID. They are okay, the blood and their hands are sanitized and their temperatures are measured. Lay your hands on their back or somewhere and say, I want to pray with you that you will be everything God designed you to be, called you to be, lived to be, and that you can fulfill this great grant. Walk to somebody. Let's do it. Let's minister to each other. It's for God's glory. Walk to somebody. Come on, somebody. Walk to somebody. You walk to somebody. Go and lay hands on somebody. Come on, let's do it. See where there's somebody that doesn't have somebody with them and start. Just do it. Just start praying. Just start praying. Just start praying. Just start praying. There's people sitting. Just lay hands on everywhere. Every person needs somebody to pray with. Everybody pray with somebody right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. Lay on every young person's hands. Pray, 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 pray. God, that this person will fulfill this great grand design, this great calling. Live out what God has designed them for. Oh my word, everybody watching, lay hands wherever you are. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name, in the mighty name, in the mighty name. Prophesy the word over them. And what I mean by prophesy, say, you God's instrument. God's going to do it through you. You can do a mighty works for the kingdom. Hallelujah. And it starts right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh my word, we worship you, Lord. And we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you. Oh, say, God, I let go this morning of all this excess baggage and luggage and things that are holding me back. Let go of the things that so easily beset me. And I thank you right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Are you ready, church? Are you ready? If you're ready this morning, say, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to serve. Hallelujah so that greatness can manifest in Jesus' name. Oh yes.
Oh yes, we worship you, Father God. And we say thank you. We, we're going to ask Pastor Lanzel to come and close in prayer and release us. And there's a clip that they play while she prays that can activate you. Get connected in two Sunday night times, three Sunday nights, not this one, but two later. We're going to have the school graduation. That's going to be phenomenal that Sunday night, uh, the 31st. And also in two Monday nights, there's great things that's going to happen and you're all going to be involved to impact and change the world. Hallelujah. Come and pray for us, please. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that we have heard the word. And we know that you are fully committed to your word, Father. And we thank you that this word will produce life. It will produce fruit in our lives. And Lord, I thank you that in this morning, there's people in this place, that they will be proof producers. Proof producers, Lord. Proof of the word that works. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord. Families will be touched and changed. Even as we go forth, even as we leave this building today, that we will go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And I thank you, God, even this week for families, there will be great breakthrough. The miraculous will take place. And Lord, as we have heard the word this morning, we know that faith cometh by hearing of the word. And yet a man it for more in Lord, that faith will arise, that people will go forth in healing, that people will go forth in joy and deliverance because we have received good news and life. And we are fully committed to work with you, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you for your protection over people. And Lord, that even that eyes have opened in Jesus' name. Ears are opened in Jesus' name. To hear what the Spirit of the Lord had to say in Jesus' name. We love you. We bless you. And we honor you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Amen.